0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Drew McFadden podcast. This is episode two, Thanks. aka episode one thirty-three of the Grunge Bible podcast. I'm with Chris Salona and Ethan Shalloway. How you guys doing?
1: Uh, thank you for having me on your podcast, Drew McFadden. Yeah, this, <laughs> this
2: is this is an honor, brother. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, on this podcast, we uh, we ask you how we're doing. How you guys doing? <laughs> this is part of the show where we say how are you. You know, I'll start. I'm doing
2: well. Um, Yeah, it's been a really solid week. Um, This past weekend was busy. Had my little brother had a pottery sale, and then my pop up turned 85. So we had a family party, had some homemade ice cream, and uh, we've been working all week. So that's really nice because that means a big check's coming, obviously. Uh, I'm sure there's, you know, there's people that work really consistently, so that's nothing new, but uh, my, my work ebbs and flows, so <laughs> so it's nice to know that a big check is coming, you know, all those part, part-timers out there.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, they
2: say, I I, I, uh, I don't live to work, I work to live.
1: <laughs> absolutely. I think yeah. I've heard that a time or two before.
2: Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm doing good, you know, just getting up early, grinding out a whole day, every day. And uh, it's been solid. You know, I can't
1: complain. It's amazing, man.
0: Chris, how you doing? Um, you
1: know what? I'm actually doing pretty well. Um, yeah, I, I see. I, I, rhythm, think I had you guys is, there for a second. The rhythm um, is back, huh? The rhythm is back. I'm back in the groove. Uh, I've had a busy couple of weeks, um, but I found myself like in the eye of the storm type situation. I'm I'm grooving. I'm I'm moving. I'm I'm smoothing. I'm I'm doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, I feel really good. I'm like pretty pretty relaxed and pretty calm, which is good. I haven't felt very calm in a while, so uh, this is you know great. what that means though. That means you had a big weekend coming exactly. up. Exactly. Huh? I'm just going <laughs> to just gonna throw throw completely derail all of my progress in 48 hours' time. Yes, that's what's happening.
2: Yep, that's how it goes. It's going to be great. I, wheel, return, right there.
1: I return back to the state of Iowa for the first time in five years this weekend. I'm going to a wedding. I haven't first been back time in there five since... years? Yeah, man. I haven't been... No, not five years. I'm a liar. I'm sorry. First time oh, in three I was years. Say. Yeah, oh, I haven't I was been say back that? since 2020. Um, so... We're we're going back. I lived there for five years. See, yeah, I got my facts crossed. Um, so we're looking forward to that. It'll be a, a quality time. Uh, but uh, host Drew McFadden, how are you
0: doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing very well. No, again, I know I say it every time, no traffic infractions, which is good. That's huge. Yeah, we
1: got to we gotta make sure that we're we're staying on the up and up there.
0: Yeah, got to see E in person a few weeks ago at a wedding as well. Right on. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I actually officiated it. So it was, it was pretty fun. Was
1: that your first time officiating a wedding, <laughs> or are you a that? It's, it's, absolutely. <laughs> How did it really was? Hear, let's hear, boys. Drew, I want to hear. I want to hear your perspective as the officiant, um, and then I want to hear Ethan's perspective as the uh, the spectator.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought it went. I mean, I thought it went well. Of course, I'm going to say right. that. Um, I w- the one thing against everybody was the weather. Uh, unfortunately it was raining Oof. essentially all day and it was an outdoor wedding and yeah, no, no like tense to where the actual ceremony was going to take place. Uh, but you know, you roll with the punches and yeah, it's I'll all do. good. Uh, yeah. And, uh, they wanted it short and sweet and it was uh, very good friends of myself and Ethan's and, um, yeah i thought i thought it went as as good as it could have it was, it was a lot awesome. of fun it was a, like a complete that. honor
1: yeah. how similar is yeah, officiating really cool. a wedding uh to hosting a podcast
0: oh <laughs> uh, well
2: <laughs> a lot less pressure <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a lot less pressure
2: <laughs> i'm pretty sure drew i'm pretty uh, sure Drew uh, dropped the ring is that right
0: well yes uh, okay. <laughs> allegedly. well <sure> allegedly <laughs>
2: technically yeah um,
0: <laughs> but there was a part well, of the again, script like, so uh, yeah well i mean okay <laughs> it sounds a lot worse than what it was i mean it, it was a very loose uh, easy going wedding <laughs> absolutely yeah and and like you know we we did, we did a run through the the night before and it was uh you know everybody it was just a, a very loose like off the cuff sort of ceremony so right. you know we didn't have the, the ring bearer unfortunately couldn't make it to the rehearsal dinner mm-hmm. so i didn't get to interact with the ring bearer at all okay you know? yeah like, so you
1: didn't, you didn't get to build any rapport ahead of we didn't time. get
0: to, we didn't we yeah we didn't get to run the the play <laughs>
1: yeah. handoff it, <laughs> it's know? tough to just hop into the game like that without yeah it's tough <laughs> yeah
0: so i think you know there was no interceptions and it was the rings went on the right fingers and cool.
1: at the end of the day that's, that's all that matters, matters right? right everybody's safe in the end <laughs> yeah
0: it's like when you fumble it, yeah. and you pick it up and still get the first down. It's right, like, you know. I
1: mean, all's
2: well that ends well. It goes down in the books as a yeah. first down, not a not a fumble.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I thought exactly. um, <laughs> it was it was good. Like I said, it, it was raining and everybody was they didn't set up any chairs. Everybody was standing. Um, and yeah, the the problem was it was we were right in front of a road and there was like for some reason a bunch of cars driving oh, by man. in the back road. That's, that's tough. And. And Drew probably didn't opt for no mic, but they decided not to use a mic. So he was, uh, you know, he had to really enunciate and speak loudly. So that was the only difficult part. But I thought it was pretty, like I said, like he said, everybody was, I mean, was, everybody's was really close friends. And it was like one of those intimate weddings. It wasn't like 250 people. It was a lot right. smaller. So everybody was down for whatever was going to happen with the weather and the ho- and all the stuff that was going. So it was perfect, you know? Nice.
0: Yeah, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to channel Gavin Rosdale and I wanted to just put me out there with a mic 1994 Spring Break Absolutely, let me be heard. <laughs> Come Yeah, on. and create a moment out of but it.
2: I feel like that's, yeah, that's the first time in a toe. long
1: time that Gavin Rosdale has been uh, brought up on the podcast. I don't think it's been since uh, the top 100 songs, Ethan, and that was, that was a long time ago. Yeah, dude, they made the top 100 a few times. Oh, twice them. or three times, maybe.
0: If it was my choice been like five yeah you were you were bargaining hard for them i think they're important well he might come up uh he might come up later on. So. I'm really excited.
1: I'm really excited for that. If <laughs> I right. have anything to he say might come about. up again, who knows? <laughs> you, you know, that's the mystery of the Grunge Bible podcast. You know, you really you truly never know what elements are going to consist, you know, what elements the, this episode is gonna consist of. But there's there's a few Except things one that, thing. <laughs> there's a few <laughs> things that the Grunge Bible podcast always includes and we already got one of them out of the way with the uh with the weekly check in. Seems like everybody's spirits are well. Um the next action item that we have to do—sorry uh, to hijack this from you, uh, Mr. McFadden—but um, uh, we do time. have to thank people that make this show possible. Uh, and there's there's a bunch of different avenues that you know people can contribute to to make this show possible. First and foremost, we can purchase some merchandise. Uh, if you visit the show notes, um, we have a link to our store. Uh, you can get all sorts of goodies uh, that represent Grunge Bible and let people know you know, just how you get down in the grunge world. Um, you know, you support us and, uh, we can continue to make this show. So buy some merch. Um, but if you're not a, if you're a minimalist, maybe perhaps, and you, and you don't want to add to your, uh, your t-shirt drawer or your sweatshirt drawer, um, you could just straight up give us your money, uh, via Patreon, uh, $2, $5 or $10 a month. Uh, that contribution goes directly to us and allows us to put on this lovely show that you were listening to right now. Um, and at this time, I would like to thank our top-level supporters at the $10 per month level. And uh, the list is a little shorter uh, this week, gentlemen. Uh, we've had a couple of individuals who perhaps maybe have switched credit cards or bank providers, and uh, their payment information is lapped. So uh, if you're out there and I don't say your name, uh, please contact site support, uh, and we'll get you squared away. The uh, The concierge line is open 24-7, so uh, please direct your inquiries to that line. Um, but at this time, I would like to thank Pile of Punk, John, Eric R. Berry, Sherry Matthews, Epona, Julie Van Seaver, Corden Stewart, Keith White, Faith Bittner, Eddie Vetter Got Me Through My Second Divorce, Granny Grunge, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Alex Long, Fresh Tendonitis, Kara K, Nikki Six, Chris LSMS, Black Hole Sean, What the Fuck is Up, Denny's, Rachel Corning, Millie, Doug Endy, Blue Owl, Fuck Soup, Jamie Lynn, Lauren Irene, Carlene Salona, Alexa Shannon, and the great Jade Mercado. So thank you one and all. Uh, for your continued support as we, uh, kick off episode 133, otherwise known as episode two of the Drew McFadden show.
2: Amen to that. There you
1: go. You know, I was listening,
2: I was listening to some podcasts today and they were absolutely littered with ads, you know, which is good for them. They're making a lot of money, but not us. We're just supported by the people right now. That's the thing. So, uh. So I think hopefully people probably skip over it anyway, but <clears throat> hey, it's well. We don't have a lot right. of it. There's still not, a, not lot. a lot. There's, there's not a lot that you have to skip over. So and anyway. now it's already over.
0: Yeah, what, I mean, one thing I would like to add to that, if that's okay, uh, the merch is actually pretty high American quality. Absolutely, it's made here in the USA, handcrafted. Uh, it's it's, hand, it's triple ply. It's it's. I mean, I, I wear the sweatshirt quite regularly, in the. um in the winter months um so i'm i'm you know big advocate for it it's Re- it you know keeps you warm it does so the, ver- the versatility fantastic. of it is
1: unmatched i mean i've seen people in michelin star restaurants wearing it i've seen people you know logging with it on i've seen you know people in divorce court with it on i mean all over the place i mean you see the I grunge went, bible gear yeah
2: i went on one cruise of my life and the captain was wearing a grunge bible beanie at sea <laughs> and it was
1: really really sick see,
0: you wouldn't think that we're that nautical but we kind of get down on the
1: open seas a
0: little bit <laughs> yeah. if we have to it was wild yeah. One more thing I would like to add, Chris, in terms of ads is, Ethan, where yes. are we with uh, a Grunge Bible
1: house, man? Uh, yeah, the yes. Shallow, a Grunge Bible <clears throat> house transaction.
2: Yeah, so uh, we haven't got any calls, which is pretty, <laughs> okay. pretty disappointing for all I'm the a little listeners. Disappointed. I'm a little disappointed. Um, if you're a new listener, um, my brother is a real estate agent, but he's not just a real estate agent. He's the Grunge Bible headhunter which means that if you need to buy or sell a house and you go through us and we get you in contact with our brother, not only will you get one of the best headhunters, real estate agents in the country, because he is really good. And I, I think that I think that I can say that confidently.
0: He's a master of his craft. He, he is. is.
2: He is. But what you're going to do is you're going to be able to buy or sell your house seamlessly. And through that, Quinn's going to give a, cut us a part of, you know, the deal basically. So when you sell your house, you're going to make a lot of money and then we're also going to make some money. And then grunge Bible can, you know, we can say that we sold we a house can buy our own house. Yeah. And we can buy a house. So, um, yeah, as far as updates go, I don't think we have any bites yet. No, no real talks. I just want to get somebody to call and be like, Hey, I have a few questions about like interest rates and like he can, he can talk about it. And I, that would make me feel really cool if, if you know, the worlds collide even a little bit. So yeah,
1: that'd be very gratifying. Yeah. You guys
0: ever see uh, wedding crashers?
1: I've never seen it. I've seen Number it. Number one. <laughs> what? I know, I know yeah. you've seen it, Ethan. Everybody's seen it.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, wow. uh, maybe Ethan, you'll get this perhaps. People helping people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so help yourself get a house. If you need a house Help Quinn get, you know, it's a little bit of compensation off of helping you find a house. Help the grunge Bible. Right. Help everybody Quinn, everybody help yourself, walks help away Quinn, happy hope the grunge bubble yeah yeah i like Perfect. that cool all right guys do you want to jump into this we're doing a little bit of A Q&A thing yeah let's uh, do it drew mcdrew mcfadden show episode two i got some questions for you guys
2: that's right all right i'm ready you team you t- up and we'll 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 tee off we'll t- <laughs> <And>
1: before uh <laughs> before we do t- that t- do, we, so we t- off. do we have to <laughs> disseminate with some uh, this day in music history moments
2: yeah, I was going to kick it to the end, but we can't right. do that. No,
1: we can, we, we'll we save it for the end because I know people really enjoy that segment. So we'll just force them to listen yeah, to it.
2: We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll finish up. We'll wrap it up with that. So, yeah, so it's coming. I know Drew's, if you're Drew's for got it. some questions. Obviously, he's chomping at the bit. So yeah, please, we need ask to release away, Drew. Drew. Give us yeah. your first one.
0: I'm chomping at the bit and uh, I'm going to try to go in a good order here. So um, I think last time we had the Drew McFadden show, I did ask you guys this question, and I hope that you have a better answer for me this time.
1: <laughs> oh no. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. So I asked you last time, did you have a favorite composer? <laughs> and neither of you came back with anything. So I'm hoping Whoa,
2: that's not true. I definitely said if I if my favorite I said, well, the guy who did Tenet, so I don't remember his name, and then Hans Zimmer is like
0: obviously, you know, the Grant like Grant, yeah, okay. And then Hans <clears throat> Zimmer. Okay. So w- which one's your favorite though? I don't know if we ever defined Ethan's favorite composer.
2: I, I think you worded it last time as who's your what's your favorite soundtrack? Um because I cause that's why I said tenant. But I'll say, I mean, Hans Zimmer definitely seems like he delivers every time that uh he gets called up. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna say he's my favorite, but again, uh I feel like that's kind of a cop out because that's what people say um all the time when they're asked. It's okay, you're who you're titled. Yeah, so like but there's a reason. There's a reason that, you know, you know, Barry Bonds is a lot of people's favorite player or something. Right. Like.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's the reason that the <laughs> legends good. are the
2: legends. Yeah. Tom well, the why A lot like, of
1: people like Pearl jam.
2: <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, they're good at what they do. So, um, I, I think there's no shame in saying that Hans Zimmer is my favorite because he it wasn't a shame he, at all.
0: Of course not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'll go with them. Him. I like that. I've done my homework. Uh, I may have just done it 19 seconds ago, but I've got it ready to turn into the professor. Uh, drew my favorite composer is a gentleman by the name of Christopher Lennertz. Do you know who that is? I don't. Please tell me. So Christopher Lennertz, the reason why he's my my favorite composer, is uh, he did the scores to all of the old... um, ea games medal of honor video games that i used to play <laughs> when i was a lad um <laughs> dude. So, yeah man was, this man <laughs> this man made some absolutely incredible soundtracks perfectly fitting for all of those early world war ii era yeah. first person shooter games i used to play with my brother Little back in thir- the day
2: 13 year old chris solano yeah, world war ii video games younger
1: than that man yeah, dude yeah. like yeah medal of honor european assault uh yeah. dude the yeah, soundtrack what were, what were-
0: what were some of those games called? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah,
1: man. Well he's he's done. He's got he's got quite the extensive um who Boy, did Halo? Extensive yeah. resume, so to speak. Uh, Medal of Honor Rising Sun. Rising Honor, Sun was uh, Rising the first Rising Sun, Sun. yeah, man, that uh, yeah. came out in 2003. Um, oh Medal of Honor gosh. Pacific Assault. Medal of Honor European Assault. Um, he also did the soundtrack for the 2007 Simpsons video game. I know that's uh, that's a very very important one. Uh, I think he, I remember playing them on YouTube or uh, GameCube. Absolutely, yeah, that would have been the GameCube era. Uh, he did a couple of Godfather video games, Mass Effect. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of... Um He's been all over the world uh, in a lot of ways, but uh, that is my it's my favorite composer. I, I, a good I used one. to s- video games. That that's yeah, a good, there's good there's, soundtracks. People are doing some great work with those, especially back then. Like I used to sit and you couldn't go online, so I would just sit on like the the credit screen at the beginning and just and just let the soundtrack play. I mean, that's basically oh, that's I, cool. Where
2: my music discovery took place for like ten years. It's oh yeah, the, Mad- the, video the Madden soundtracks. The Madden like yeah. uh, Tony
1: Hawk Pro Skater
2: tony hawk pro skater and breakout 2 was like uh was or so good it was a a racing game and they just like played awesome music yeah just remember the i want to be sedated was like
0: always being played it seemed like i think i discovered 30 seconds to mars from an nhl game you know (laughs) and
1: that's absolutely perfect yeah um i was just um Speaking of video games, some one of my friends just suggested uh, the band Royal Blood to me. They're a Canadian band. They're a two piece band, and um, I was like, I think I know them from somewhere. And I was listening to a bunch of their songs, and sure enough, I remember them. Th- their music was in a, in a hockey video game that I used to play when I was younger. And I was like, this is where I remember it from. Right. Uh, so, I mean, our our age, I mean, growing up with the with the Game Cubes and the Playstations of the world, uh, you know, that was a good place to kind of cut our teeth in terms of music for sure.
0: There are some very notable video games that have spawned incredible soundtracks, one of them being Last of Us, which they just HBO oh, yeah just made a TV show off of and the mm-hmm. theme song is the same from the video game and it's incredible. That's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. I like that. I don't I don't have the citation of who, who composed it but uh yeah, I mean good good art comes from any yeah. media I wanna... or multimedia. <clears throat> it's pretty cool.
2: I want to I shout agree. out um, Mart- Martin O'Donnell and Michael Salvatore, who were the uh, composers for the Halo soundtrack back in the day. Oh yeah, that's that was Need a big that. one. A lot yeah, of people me- like that. There's a lot of people, uh, you know, recreating the choir and trying to sing it with the boys and whatnot. And mm-hmm. It's a staple, <laughs> pretty, legend, pretty legendary stuff.
0: And, and and just to piggyback, you guys, I don't remember if you told me what what was your favorite movie soundtrack.
2: Oh. I mean, I, I mean, Interstellar and Inception are two great Unbelievable. soundtracks, yeah. obvi- obviously. And then um, Tenet,
0: all all Hans. Uh, and Tenet. Except for Tenet, yeah.
2: Um, I did recently see Oppenheimer, and I was like locked in. That was a long movie, and I was locked in the entire time. And I felt the soundtrack was really solid for that. Ludwig
0: um, Gor- Granson, who did Tenet, did that one. Yeah, that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah.
2: Those are the, Is-
1: the four that come to mind yeah chris um i'm gonna i'm gonna keep you know one track mind that i have uh i need to once again i believe we've discussed him at some point on this show but uh the great danny elfman uh did the score for Goodwill yeah, hunting that's, right. that's, always, that's right. always always a favorite of mine i think i probably mentioned him as my answer last time so oh, yeah, i'm consistent hopefully the answer is uh is, is uh you know it's enough Br- for you drew
0: brilliant brilliant who writes a better soundtrack for a movie Dave Grohl or Kurt Cobain? Oh, got reaction. Grohl.
2: Yeah, say so Grohl. He's he's done. He's done like that twenty-three minute long play, right? Play. It, was, it yeah. was yeah. It was called Play, where he played everything, and it basically was like a soundtrack type of song. He did everything and and tons of different parts thrown together and, and built up. And you know, Kurt has pretty much the opposite <laughs> of like really simple. Few chords and uh pretty simple uh stuff. So not that you need to be complex for it, it depends what the movie is, I guess. Yeah. It really depends. does. If, it, if it's a Wes Anderson film, maybe Kirk Cobain's gonna be coming in hot with a great right. great soundtrack. Could
0: work. Or we go Dave Grohl. You have a you have a, a choice, Chris?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely siding with Dave Grohl, uh, for all of the reasons that Ethan just provided as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. i always
0: sometimes think about like you know those great composers like uh john williams or danny elfman or something like if it was like you had to hire them to make a pop song a rock song or something oh like like, shoot on the other foot type thing yeah what would that sound
1: like? You know, I think they would all be so capable. Right. And I think they'd do some really awesome stuff because you think about like, like movie scores or television scores or anything like that, like how involved they are and how creative you have to be to fill that space. (laughs) And, and, and it's interesting. A lot of times like you're, you're, you're writing and you're composing for a specific thing. Um, and you know, if you kind of remove that specific thing, it's like, Hey, just like run wild and create something. Mm. Um, I think, I think you get some really interesting results.
0: Yeah, because they always kind of have to... There's another piece of art that's influencing their art. Right. So it's like if you just give them full range, blank blank space, create, you know, just create art. I just wonder what it would sound like. But given in like a specific avenue. Yeah, um, I like that. All
2: right, I got a follow-up question. Yeah. Let's hear it. Taylor Swift or Billie Eilish? Who's given a better soundtrack?
0: Well, the evidence. Can Phineas
1: be involved with Billie Eilish, or is it just Billy? What'd you say? Can Phineas be involved as well?
2: I would think so. If if Martin and uh, Salvatore can co co headline, yeah, they can Halo, team up. We, yeah, we get I, Billy I, and Phineas. Yeah, together. you get them both. I think I'm picking Billy and Phineas. <clears throat> they have more of a soundtrack vibe, but like yeah. Taylor Swift, obviously, with her production value over the past couple of years has really increased, and she. Will definitely be able to come up with. I mean, she's done some pretty incredible projects, off, also with Bonnie
1: Bear and stuff. I feel really? like Jack Antonoff. <laughs> well, she sure. Has what a do theme you think?
0: So, she has a theme song for uh, for Bond for the latest Bond movie. That's I did incredible. not know that. What? I didn't know Han oh with, with <laughs> Hans Zimmer.
2: I with Hans
0: Zimmer. I'm dropping the ball here, <laughs> dude. It's incredible. Wait, Taylor what?
2: Swift and Hans
0: Zimmer are working together. B- Billy Eilish and oh. Phineas and Hans Zimmer. They oh. did the themes, the, the main title. That's pretty awesome. See, I didn't
2: even know that when I asked the question. I knew Dude, I picked them guys. for a <laughs> reason. <laughs>
0: after, after this, after this uh, podcast, you got to go on YouTube. It's at the Brit Awards, I believe. They do an incredible live performance. Hans Zimmer, Billy, Phineas, the whole gang. It sounds amazing. The whole band. The song's awesome. It's like one of the best Bond song you know and like that's such an important thing in the bond movies you know dell did one. chris cornell did one of the newer one of the
1: bonds yeah
0: he did one of the newer bond ones
1: you know my name or something it was called or i forget um
0: and billy eilish uh yeah and Hans zimmer uh just did one and i was trying to think of did has taylor done any cinematic work because if not well she has a movie coming out in like a week But I mean, I mean, I mean, just composition. I don't don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so either. Right. Yeah. So So I mean, mean, history just says that Billy's got the W. Right. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
2: she has the upper hand, but we know debut albums can be the best, best album. So maybe the debut composition is going to be like the
1: magnum opus, if you will. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to say. Time will tell. Time will tell.
0: I mean, I, I, I did actually have a question about Taylor Swift for this, so I guess we could just piggyback right there. Thoughts yep. on Taylor Swift and the success of this uh, apparently very historical, at least financially, tour. Do you guys, have you guys been following this at all? Or Yeah, I heard that this tour is
1: going to catapult her to billionaire status. It's is she, she most, still on tour?
2: How long has this tour been? It feels oh, like it's, it's been going on for it's years. It's been going
1: on, I think, since the early summer, late spring type type thing. But I know feels there's like more it's dates been like to years. play. Like she's playing overseas now. I think she announced like more t- more dates in the U.S., like I think like Minneapolis or something, a bunch of places that she hasn't been yet on the tour. But um yeah. it's incredible. And, and I mean she she brings it every time too. Like she played a couple of couple of nights uh, in Foxborough where the New England Patriots play, and one night it was just raining buckets, and she played you know, two and a half hours or whatever. You know, in the pouring rain, and you know, she's just she's just one of those performers that you know can seize any moment and make magic out of out of seemingly anything, even it's even like the Prince. circumstances that you would think. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, and it can kind of make magic out of anything, even circumstances that would be you know far from ideal. Um, so that's the thing. I mean, people. Especially, especially a lot of people i think that listen to uh, the grunge bible podcast who are who are grunge heads uh you know you have the tendency to discount you know some of the newer stuff by younger people or different generations but she whether you enjoy your music or not whether like it hits you or not like she she is a performer and she's incredible so i'm i'm all for anything that she
0: does that's what a lot of people have been saying that just the experience is yeah pretty awesome just Mm you know how the show is orchestrated it's a huge production huge production value yeah Yeah. seriously and i mean one of the headlines that stuck out to me was um she gave i think it was some leg of the tour you know um whether it was the north american south American, whatever they finished it and she gave reportedly bonuses to every single person on the crew I heard that. that that was no less than six figures, wow. which is crazy. That's that epic. is crazy. How big like, is the crew? <laughs> Massive, right? Probably pretty significant. 100, 150 people. Yeah,
2: I was thinking way more, but yeah, and no, that makes sense. Probably her 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 crew, not the people
1: the there. ride or die crew. Yeah, not the at the stadium.
0: That's awesome.
1: Teams. Yeah, I don't
0: think I don't think the venue personnel you know, itself would be.
1: Speaking of
2: productions. But- Productions and massive performances. The Sphere just opened up in Las Vegas, and I, I, you know what I'm talking about, Drew. Obviously, right? Yeah. And I didn't really know what it would be used for. I must have missed the whole that it's gonna be. I don't know if it's primarily gonna be for music. I believe it is. Yeah, but U two played there, and it's like the perfect band because when my my parents saw them, because my dad's a big U two fan, probably um maybe 2017 i'm not really sure i think uh, it was the
1: it was the anniversary of joshua tree right the 30th anniversary in 2017 i think
2: yeah so and he said like the screen that they had set up was like 100 meters long or something like that they literally had a screen that was that big because they did graphics like that and so they've been doing so to have something that can go you know full 360 you know all around you and just encompass you and just do put whatever you want on there i mean that has to be that would be absolutely mind-blowing i'm like i'm like okay i can, I definitely need to go see a show there I'm, i mean that's like up at the top of my list besides yeah. like red rocks and the gorge like right i'm putting the sphere up there
1: so the sphere won me over instantly it did yeah it won me over and and you two they're playing like a like a 25 show residency there uh, this year into into next year. So, and I agree. They're like they the, built it for them. They're the perfect band to, to open with it because, I mean, even back to their tours in, in the early 90s and mid 90s, I mean, the production with the intent that they that they approach the production of, of their shows with to make it, you know, equal parts theater and, you know, and live music. I mean, they're absolutely perfect for it and say what you will about Bono, but I mean, I love him. I love all <laughs> his creative vision uh, and the band, Dude, I I got chills when I saw some of the videos coming from from that first night at the at the Sphere. I would I would love to go to a U two show there.
0: Well, that leads me uh, kind of a little bit uh, smoothly into a fan question. We put out a to the fans. Um, This is Courtney, uh, sorry, Cassidy Nicole dot nine eight asks, dream concert venues leads you right into Ethan your your answer there.
2: I'm I'm one step ahead on all of these. This
1: is great. I You're,
0: you're <laughs> crushing it. <dude. laughs> I didn't, you can I didn't see even the look. other side.
1: I love. I that. didn't even look. Rushing
2: so, it. I still have never seen a show at Red Rocks, and that's kind of been the the place that I wanted to see for the longest. Um, mm-hmm. I saw some pictures of Dead and Company playing at the Gorge, and the I was Gorge, kind of yeah. I kind of was brought into what that is. It's like Red Rocks, but in Seattle, and uh, and it's really historic. So. That one pretty high on my list, um, and then this the sphere has rocketed up there, and uh, I'd like to get to Wembley. Obviously, I feel like Wembley would be really fun too totally. to, um, yeah, to see like a show that. at. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, those are the top four for sure right now. There's one in Rome, I think it's in Rome, the Colosseum. Well, they've they've they
1: played a bunch of shows like a like around but, like the Duomo and everything too. Um, who are we talking about? The, the Foo no no just like shows in general like u2's played at the duomo like pearl jams played at a couple of really historic venues i think in verona italy <clears throat> um and just like yeah. i love the juxtaposition between modern music that has become timeless and these absolutely timeless you know accomplishments of architecture um and it's cool i mean you're blending hundreds sometimes you know a thousand years of tradition together um and you know to put it together and when it's done right it's so seamless so i mean anything like that where there's a lot of history yeah. i think is something that's really really special yeah, yeah
2: there's like a, there's a really really cool video of the foo playing and like i said i think it's the coliseum like a, or that's what it's called
1: and one of them yeah something and like it's that.
2: got pillars everywhere and it's like it looks unreal i mean it yeah. looks it looks out of, it's out of a movie like amazing yeah,
0: i like that have, you guys have seen a show at msg or no uh, no, I've never
1: seen a show at MSG. Just just a basketball game. Just a Knicks game.
0: <laughs> I think that would be kind of an obligatory before you get yeah. the bucket, got to see a show there.
1: I think you're right.
0: Chris, you um, had
1: a chance to see Fish there, didn't you? I did have a chance to see Fish there. This oh, was like man. in like April of 2022, like somebody that I met through this page and I I met in real life, like we got together and he's like, "Hey, by the way, uh 3 days from now, I'm going to MSG for three nights of fish. Um, Wait, tell them how you met, Chris, because that's also important. Yes, so 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 this 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 gentleman, he is the scoreboard operator at Fenway Park. So they have an old historic. I mean, a hundred and some odd year old scoreboard out there that, um, you know, it's updated by hand. So like you, you put the numbers up, they're like these big steel placards, you put them in, you stick them in and you know, you kind of keep the score that way that that's his job. So he stays in the scoreboard for the games and updates them appropriately. So I think, um, I, I posted something related to Boston or maybe the Red Sox. He's like, Hey, he's like, I, I run the scoreboard at Fenway. Like if you come up to a game, uh, shoot me a text. Uh, I'd love to get together. So I, it, it, by happenstance, I was going up to a game like a week after that. So I went up and I, I met him and he gave me a tour of the scoreboard and everything. Uh, my family was with me. It was really cool. He's like, by the way, he's like, in three days, I'm, I'm going to MSG for fish. He's like, I've got a ticket with your name on it if you want it. And I, I, I couldn't swing it, but, uh, you know, maybe we had I, just, I, we were just there too. Yeah. We were, we had just been to New York. Not that, not that long ago, prior to that um so i I missed the boat on it so i'm gonna have to circle back on uh for some for some msg action drew have you have you seen a show there
0: no no Uh, no that's it's on the list uh you know to answer cassie's question dream dream venues i think there's that i think they should turn the coliseum into a music venue i don't see why anybody would veto that other than well history, they were they were gonna
1: do this the stupid zuckerberg versus musk fight at the coliseum but you know that didn't yeah. happen because musk backed out or something so. not yet not yet
0: yeah gonna, dude i'm still happen. my fingers are still
1: crossed for that. you know what nah. though i mean forget about zuckerberg <laughs> versus it. musk forget about oh, these bands God. you know the one pop culture event that needs to be staged to open up the coliseum to a new, a new era biden versus trump <laughs> no even better a live podcast of the grunge bible podcast Uh, (laughs) (laughs) how do you guys think we would do if we did a live podcast i think it would be cool but nobody would nobody would go right i think it would be
0: i think it'd be fantastic really i think we'd need uh a few people on stage just if we did it the we clear, talked about this. the
1: clear strategy to do it would just to piggyback off of like a the pearl concert. jam show and like travel to a city where there's a pearl jam show and like the the afternoon of the show or something like like rent out a venue and and put it mm-hmm. on that way so there'd be enough people around that would that would know us um you know that would that would go to it I, I think that would be really cool and that's something that's like penciled into the the grunge bible bucket list before before we delete the page
0: yeah
2: yeah definitely um recapping a show makes a ton of sense yeah that would be Um, really cool especially if it was like a two-day like if they were at a place for two days so we could watch a show we could do it pre the second show yeah that would be be, really really solid we actually talked about this if you remember chris with a chestnut grove we talked about potentially putting on a concert a smaller concert because then it would be you know it would just it would be i don't know way less pressure but we could have bands play and we could do like the intermissions and we could host it
1: yeah we're gonna have and to I do think that, that would be, it's it's, I think, it's fun it's so fun to sign up for things <laughs> with which you have absolutely no experience whatsoever <laughs> but we we'd be game for it we, we, we'd do all right you
0: guys are great dude yeah. i
2: think i think i think it's in the cards
0: yeah it is. i think it has to be in the cards yeah it's coming yeah, we'll to see where this thing goes uh but just to put the cap on it i think uh seeing something at the sydney opera house would be cool that would be really awesome. Kind of, yeah. yeah,
1: one of my one of my favorite bands is is playing their last show ever there uh, this month. Actually, um, they're a band from Australia called Camp Cope that I'm I'm sure I've talked about on the show before. But mm. um, they they're they're breaking up. They're they're ending the band and they're playing their last show. I think on October the 13th or something. So not too far after this show comes out. That'd be cool.
0: Stinks so that they're breaking up. Yeah, they had a really good run though. Cool. Excellent, General. Well, I, I I wanted to start off with the easy ones. Um, and we're just now, getting warmed now, up
1: here. I feel great. We're just getting warmed up. The juices up. Now, are
0: flowing. Now I want to get a little bit deeper, if that's all right with you. Oh yeah,
1: I can go as deep as you want, Drew. <laughs>
0: all right, <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the deep end here, there, yep, gentlemen. Man. Um, something that I've thought about. I've written a few papers, uh, actually, in high school and in college about this general topic. I think. Ethan has as well, if I remember back to freshman year, but I could be mistaken. But colors? I want to know. Oh, that's what it was. It was about colors. Okay, so I was mistaken. But um, I want to know. And pain. Nice. <laughs> and pain, pain tolerance. <laughs> okay, so not what I'm about to ask. But yeah, Um, I want to know what you guys think about why why do you think music is so universal and so inherent? So if you look back in human history, there has always been e- even uh, you know, some historians would argue, before human history, there's always been music of some sort. You know, Yeah, Gregorian chant, just drums were the first instrument ever. Like, what is it about? music, about noise and rhythm, about things, you know, these, these, these movements of uh, audible math. Mm. What is it that is so deep and inherent in our soul? I think
1: I could, I'd like to take a crack at this.
2: Okay. I got, I got a good one
1: too then. Yeah. Um, I think there's just something intrinsic about being alive and there's just something woven into the way our brains work that values and searches and needs not only to be creative, but to, but to experience creative things. And I think with music, it's one of those things you don't need any level of skill to interpret or to understand, you know, you don't need to be literate. You don't need to have, you know, quantitative skills. You don't need to have any sort of thing that you, you know, could, could need to acquire from somebody else or somebody would have to teach you. I think it's one of the mm. few methods of communication or, or understanding that, like, I think if you have your senses about you, um, you're able to interpret. And and it's so, it can be so open-ended that it can mean, you know, something very specific to you that it doesn't mean to anybody else. Um, mm-hmm. But I think so much of it is, and it's tough too, I think in like today's world because we're so busy and there's so many distractions, but I really do think that there is an element inside of everybody that yearns to be creative in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and music I think is just one of the most, um, accessible ways that people can pre- be creative. Um, so it's equal parts inspiring and it just kind of makes sense because like I said, um, you know, you don't need any sort of skills to interpret it. And it's so, You know, it's so open ended, and it it comes to you just bare as it is, and it's up Mm. to you to decide what to do with it. So I think there's something really uh, alluring about that, Um, and I think that's that's persisted forever, and I think it's always going to persist forever. I mean, the medium will always change, and you know how it's being made has certainly changed, you know, over hundreds and hundreds of years. But um, I think that effect and the feeling that you get and the emotion that you derive from it is has been as constant as anything i think as, as it's a part of the human experience
2: so i want to uh i think that we need to bring up uh, in symbolism the dancing bear the grateful dead dancing bear because the <laughs> dare the bears have been dancing for years they have been and they 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 never take a break right and they're always dancing and i think the movement and you know the inherent uh it's like an expression even before i'd say lyrics you know and if you're a song you know if you're a musician you know usually you learn music uh that's not true if you're a singer i guess you sing first but like uh the music side of yeah, it yeah, you got you gotta know, know the
0: music to be able to sing to it but yeah yeah yeah
2: Yeah, the groove and i i think that um the the bears have been dancing for years and uh you know it's important to uh to to bring that up and uh, it's it's funny. I was just looking up some stuff, and I remember I remember seeing something that made me look into it. And the bears were designed for uh, his name was Owsley Stanley, and his middle his nickname was Bear, and he was like the prime uh, premier sound engineer for the Dead in the early days, and also one of the like the largest the chemist behind the uh, creation and distribution of like LSD back in the day, like during no the sixties. In the in the U.S., yeah, and uh, so uh, a little bit different response than yours, Chris. But <clears throat> the dares be ban, the bears be dancing, <laughs> the dares be dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've been dancing for years, man, and and no one knows why. It's just when you hear the music, that's why. You know, sometimes I love that about you know jam bands is because you don't know why you're moving around and grooving. I mean, just like the big beat and all all those. Yeah. You know, like I said, or just the stuff that makes you kind of move around. And I think that um, it's unexplainable a lot of times. So when when you talk about like, it's like the the inherent and native like response is to move. And I think uh, that's the inner bear in us uh, wanting to dance.
1: Well, it's really cool too because, like, it's it's one of the few things I think that doesn't need to be defined um, because there really isn't, you know, an empirical explanation for it in the same way that you know, back in the day, discovering how the solar system worked or you know how the planets revolved around the sun and everything. And you know, there's always some sort of equation or hard fact that you can fall back on that explains like here's the one thing that explains all of the other things. I, I think with music, like there's nothing like that. Um, and it's, and it's fun because it's like, it it's something that's open to you. And like, you don't have to have that intelligence level and you don't have to be like, okay, well, before I can like fully understand this, like I need to know how it works. Like you don't have to know anything about how it works. I mean, I mean, you just, you just have to listen. Um, it's, I think it's a really, it's, it's one of the most simple forms of, you know, of, of learning and, and experiencing different things.
0: And it's, it's one of the most widest, uh it's one of the most ex- it's one of the most art it's one of the most accessible art forms to the widest oh, yeah. audience. Because you can have you know, literally some some people argue that like if you know, a baby's in the womb, you should be playing music to it. Right. Um you you can there's you know, how many examples of
1: probably really personal
0: yeah. and yeah well yeah personal experiences but also you can find on the internet nowadays of t- infants responding to noise beautiful noise and then you know it's it it affects newborns to people in their deathbed you know like it's yeah. one of the most widely influential art forms in terms of a lifespan of a human which yeah. is also interesting
1: you know i agree yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's crazy, dude. And then you have
0: people that that like don't really like music too. But like, uh, I, don't I don't understand yeah. it. Like I, I, and certainly
1: anybody listening to this, I would think they would like music. Um, so yeah. there's not going to be anybody in that crowd. But yeah, I just like I don't understand it. Like because there's so much out there and there's so much variation in what is out there. Like you mean to tell me that like you can't find like imagine writing off all music you know clearly you haven't you haven't explored because there's there's something out there for everybody no matter what yeah. it is no matter where it's from no matter who made it um you know and and a lot of times too like it's cool because you can make it yourself i mean what qualifies as music i mean is it's just about any anything you know so mm-hmm. make some yourself be creative i think it's really important to be creative in any way shape or form so people have been yeah. doing it for thousands of years
0: yeah and not just uh hit the you know, nail on the head more and more, but just you got me thinking, Chris. It's like so if it is the most widely accessible form of art, because you don't see too many toddlers looking at the Mona Lisa and being like this is incredible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um there it must be some like Yeah, just easy accessibility in terms of I guess like you said, skill, but I don't know, like other words maybe there that you could use, but yeah, there's just something so accessible to it. And that's why it's so um, universal and inherent, I guess, you know? Yeah. It's special. Mm-hmm. It is special. It is special.
2: It's why we love All music. Right. What? It's why we love music. You don't really have to explain yourself. You know, yeah. you can, you can explain why you love it, but sometimes, you know, that doesn't do it for me. And, and this does, and right. that's enough.
0: Yeah, totally. And then uh, piggybacking off of wide array of ages. So ultimate band or musician to interview dead or alive? Classic. Ethan and Chris.
2: Classic question.
0: This is a classic question.
2: I'm going to change up my answer because usually... <clears throat> I'm yeah, y- let's okay. give
0: it a, an update as of October 4th,
2: 2023. So... Okay, where do I want to go with this? There's a lot of different ways. Um, I'm going to pick someone that's passed away. Um, and I think I'm going to go with, just because we came up along, uh last week or two weeks pod, but um, I'm going to pick a, a drummer, John Bonham, would be really cool to talk to. Um, obviously playing in Led Zeppelin and uh, being very influential for a lot of people. Um, getting into drumming and, and music, um, I think that just because he's—I mean, he was i mean, there's a lot of really good drummers, obviously, before him and Buddy Rich and all the guys. But um, it would be fun to talk to talk to him and uh, yeah, just kind of hear what it was like, you know, playing and playing and during that time. And because I usually I go a little bit well, yeah, I don't think I've went that went back that far in the people that I've have wanted to interview. So I think Bonham's a pretty solid choice. It's
1: a very I like that. I think I'm, I'm definitely going to change up my approach as well. Uh, and there's a lot of individuals that occupied this time and space and genre, I guess, if you will. Um, but one that comes to mind, um, the old blues scenes back in the day, um, I would love to sit down and have a conversation with muddy waters the legendary blues musician i mean he was active from the 40s until his death in 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 the 1980s and i mean the amount of people that he played with um the amount of people that he influenced um the stories that he would have to tell um just really really incredible uh and i have such an appreciation for the blues and and he was certainly on the cutting edge of a lot of different things i mean he's one of the forefathers of like the chicago blues scene for example and um you know just a lot of the the ethics and the, and the ethos that comes with you know the low down blues he was such a great pra- practitioner of it um and i just have so much respect for it because i'll always say it, it, without the blues i don't think you have a lot of what modern music has become so just to so sit much down and from the blues, yeah right? it, it is and, and and i and i i love it and it's just it kind of dovetails off of the the question that you just asked, it's like, why is music so stirring? I, I think the blues, like, blues are very simple, you know, in terms of their construction, you know, 12 bar blues, like one of the most simple progressions that you can have, but there's just so much feeling behind it. Um, and there's so much experience woven into the way that those people would play, um, that is really fascinating. So, you know, to be able to have, a, have a conversation and sit down and, and discuss like w- what went into those feelings and, and how, how they came to feel that way and, and how they how they were able to craft that into their songs um, was something that I think would be a really, really compelling conversation. That's
0: yeah, dope. Yeah, it's do still you amazing. have an answer for and this
1: question, Drew?
0: Um, yeah. I think one of the most interesting people I'd love to interview is John Mayer. Cause yeah. I think he's such a intellect mm-hmm. and my old mentor, Tim Sonnefeld met him once and said, he's just a sweetheart. Um, I love John Mayer. Yeah, and I think, you know, could talk about music, could talk about food, could talk about watches. I think it would kind of be an all-encompassing conversation, you know. Totally. Uh, That's my live answer. The passed away answer would be probably um, I'd love to, like, just go back in time and, and talk to, like, you know, Mozart and just see how crazy he was. (laughs) yes because you just hear about so many like so many crazy stories about him and he was so so good in forming melodies and stuff and i just love to just peek into that mind you know yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's a good answer i'm i I, i'm not surprised that
1: that that would be an answer of yours but it, it is a really compelling thing to think about
0: yeah And then, uh, so, uh, to weave in again some of our uh, listeners' uh, questions, Freak X uh, asked what I thought was a kind of an interesting question. Have you ever met, and I'm going to expound on the original question and just generalize it more. Have you ever met any of your idols? This person was asking more about music idols. But let's just expound. Say, have you ever met... Gentlemen, any of your idols, generally speaking, um, or any, and then more specifically, or any favorite musicians. If so, huh? who?
2: I can go first if you want, Chris.
0: Okay, yeah. Um.
2: So in at the end of July, it, well, actually early no uh, August, I was in uh fin uh Norway, and one of the best javelin throwers. Of the early 2000s, Andreas Thorikildsen. He was a two-time Olympic gold medal winner and multiple world champion. He's thrown 91 meters. You know, definitely top 15. I don't know if he's still in the top 10. Um, and just a just a master. Really, really beautiful throw. Everything about it. And um, and I've met I've met a few some other Olympic gold medalists um, in the sport that I've been lucky enough to have you know the last five years been just around people and stuff different connections that kind of get me in the in those circles um but this is somebody that i was really looking forward to and he was yeah i had i'd met other people when i was like i really want to meet him and uh he he lived in chula vista for a while so he's friends with the u.s throwers over the years but i'd never met him and uh you know you always say don't meet your heroes you always hear that and um I had a interaction with him in the weight room and like I was asking like there was a hammer thrower who also was an Olympic medalist and something else, but like he wasn't my event, so and he was still throwing, so just maybe wasn't as I wasn't starstruck. And he was just normal dude, so it was really easy. But I right. was like, you know, I was like, is Thorkelson coming in, like when's he coming in? And I remember he walked in and, and Ivan looked at me, he's like it's like, Oh, Thorkoldson, ooh and you know <laughs> and I was like I was like, Oh, shut up, shut up. He's like, But introduce me, come on. So he walked over and he's like, you know, this is Andreas. And I shook his hand. He's like, Andreas. And then like, he walked away and I was literally like, oh, that was it. And I didn't get to have like any conversation with him besides that. And Ivan was like, yeah, he's kind of to himself and he can, he can be like, he can be like that. He kinda, you kind of you got to know him this and that. And, right. and, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, it's all good. Like I don't mind. Um, But afterwards, like he's one of the guys that, um, we were there with who like, he was coached by him and he's, you know, he's at the center a lot. He's everybody was like, yeah, that was kind of a dick move. Like he def he knew that you guys like really wanted to meet, meet him. And, and like, he should have, he should have talked to you (laughs) like more. And (laughs) everybody was kind of like, I like, I'm so sorry. That was like really underwhelming and like, that's all he did. And so it kind of sucked. That was like, Mm. and, and like, I hate to say that, but, um, so I'll have to meet him again and be like, "Hey," because I heard he likes coffee. So I was really excited to like, yeah. you know, not talk about javelin. Have a common not, not, ground other than like, javelin, yeah, yeah, not talk about his his throw from Oslo in right. 2001. How many times or that. To talk about that, yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was hoping to like surprise him and be like a different conversation, but I didn't have the opportunity to. Um, so yeah, that was uh, like I said, I'm 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 confident that I'll have another meeting with him and uh, it'll go differently. So, and then I, when I actually, I got to compete so I competed in Norway and he was there, him and his coach were watching and, um, I threw like shit. So I didn't have, I obviously wasn't going to go up to him and talk to him and, and he like peaced out pretty quick afterwards. But like, right. I didn't, I didn't have the, if I just threw well, it would have been much easier. I'm like, ah, oh, pretty <laughs> much impressive. Easier
1: to, to, to afford that. But rather.
2: it was, was not so easy. So
0: yeah. 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 And then, uh, in terms of music, anybody uh, yeah, it's notable that you're like excited to that you have met that you're excited. Yeah, I, mean, I can think of a few just knowing you, but you met the Dirty Heads.
2: That's true. I was I was about to say I don't know exactly. I'm trying to think of who I've met, but yes, we did we did have a meet and greet at the uh, Crocodile Rock, no Hard Rock Cafe. Sorry um with the dirty heads and that was pretty cool and rome rome from sublime was out in the crowd hanging out he was absolutely zonked they, they oh, all yeah. were so the conversation was just like a lot of head knots and like yeah man thanks for being here yeah that's pretty um, epic but like that's fine with me and um i'm trying to think who else do you have any anybody else on your mind that i've met uh drew that <laughs> i'm trying to think of other music i haven't met like i feel like i haven't really like as far as like the people I mean we we obviously had PD on the podcast and that was pretty awesome. I was really excited for that.
0: Yeah. Um I mean off the top of my head for you just uh anybody involved with the podcast who is obviously amazing to be able to say that we you know we've met that Eric Lederman. that sort of thing. Yeah. Eric Lederman. Um Yeah, people like that but uh no, I I defer to your brain for recollecting right. your experience. Um well yeah
2: but you did <laughs> remind me of the dirty head so <laughs> yeah um i'll just think i'll see thinking yeah. there's another music guy but go ahead chris yeah um, then, uh,
1: i don't i don't know if i've met uh any of my heroes ethan it's funny that you said like the oh like you never meet your heroes um uh there's there's a really good wonder years lyric and it's uh growing up means watching my he- heroes turn human in front of me um yeah. and I, I think there's there's something al- also about just like getting older and like now that i'm you know, the age that I am and like, I've been operating in the world. Like, I don't know, like everybody's, we're all just people, you know? Um, but I'm sure there's, there's definitely people out there that like, if I met, I would, I would completely take back the, you know, you never meet your heroes type thing. Um, but I, there's, I, I really haven't had any sort of, uh, interactions like that. Um, meaningful interactions, you know, because like if you just like see somebody in public or like you get their autograph when you're a kid, like a famous sports, but like, that doesn't really count. Cause you really have, like, you didn't share like a, a human moment or an interaction with them. Um, and, and musically, um, yeah, I would, I would definitely say, you know, there's a few people that we've been able to interview, uh, you know, music, music adjacent, uh, through this show, whose work, that I've really admired that it, it was really interesting and, and exciting for me to have conversations with. I mean, uh, Chris Kafaro has been a really great friend of ours for, you know, for a number of years now and having admired everything that he did, um, you know, with his art, uh, through photography, that was really cool. Obviously Petey as well. Uh, Julie Lydell, June Swoon, you know, her music has been really important to me. So that was one that I was really excited about. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 a pretty short list. Uh, I just haven't had you know access, I guess, or, or, or shared moments with a lot of people. But um, I'm I'm certainly gracious for the ones that I have. A thousand mods, Chris. A thousand mods. The problem is they're Greek, so the the language barrier was, uh, uh, you know, it was the there was a there was a barrier there. But you know, there's, there's a shared there's a shared couple of head nods, you know.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. True have you met any of your heroes? Um so uh, I I don't I don't know. Um I at a very formidable age I saw a video um, an interview with uh, you guys know Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yes. Astrophysicist uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and just philosopher kind of. Um must have been 17 or 18. Um, I saw a video with him. I, I love listening to him. I love learning about like um, astronomy and stuff. Um, and he was asked about his heroes, and he gave this like really interesting answer that I've that stuck with me. I use in job interviews because I, you know, I think it's I'm, I'm going to use I mean, it now. I it's can't a wait little to hear bit this. Of a, yeah, it's a little bit of a different take on it. And his take was, he's like, I don't have like he's like i don't have like one hero i don't have like you know some people say they're you know just an example their dad if you're a guy or maybe right. like you know whatever the case is you know i have uh, tiger woods is my hero or you know whoever is your hero um we're humans you know there's things that are heroic from one character that maybe another Aspect of life, you know, they aren't your hero or something, right? So, he was saying, "Well, you know, I want to kind of devise my own hero and be like, I want to take that from that really incredible aspect from that person, that really incredible aspect from this person, that really incredible aspect from that person, and then form my own hero." And I like, that's I like hero. that. That's, that's that's really cool. That's who I chase that's who i want to be yeah
1: and i think that philosophy makes the conversation like this so much more accessible too because i mean we all interact with people every day that have really really admirable qualities and different things that you admire and you want to emulate and it kind of like chops it down to size that like it's accessible and it's also believable too that you know you see people you know in your day-to-day life or you know they're your friends they're your family that are really gifted at certain things and you're like well you know i I see them like they're people like, you know, I can, I can aspire to be that versus like, you know, a lofty celebrity or somebody in the public eye that like you won't cross paths with that you kind of, you know, society is built up into being this, this certain thing. I like that a lot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, it it always stuck with me and I, yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson shout out to that guy.
1: That's cool. The man, I wonder he might be listening. Well, gentlemen, I
0: don't know where we are on time, but, um, it might be getting to the part where I kick it, the show back over to you, and it turns into the Grunge Bobble Podcast again.
1: Um, the, we're, we're pull, pulling the plug on the Drew McFadden show. Uh, Ethan, uh, how how are you feeling? We we have time maybe for like an, for one more question, or rolling out in about an hour. Yeah,
2: yeah, we can absolutely do one more question. Yeah, maybe a softball that. would be good. You know, something like what's your
0: favorite candy or something to ease ease out. But yeah, of the episode. give give
2: us give us another good one, and then we can uh, hit a few more points before we sign off.
0: So I want to follow up with why is music so inherent? Why is it so intrinsic? And then if you look back, it's changed so much throughout human history. Okay? Every, everything from just, just drums to just chanting to just choral to just the orchestra to developing horns big tr- band you know strings big band blah 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 then vocal and you know where do you guys see music going where do you see if you if you have elect and are gifted with children what are your children going to be listening to where everything where this-
1: everything that i forced them to listen to <laughs> yeah the old stuff what do you mean Yeah, you know, the old
0: the classics uh like I, think of,
1: I, I, think yeah. about
0: how much even in the last 20 years when, you know, electronic music, think about how drastically different that is from right. the 80s, the 90s. Yeah. Well, I think it's all cyclical, Where we go? right? Yeah.
1: I, I think it, it all kind of always comes back around because I even think right now, um, both in the way that music is made and I think in a lot of ways that people choose to consume music, um, like analogs back in, you know, um, I, I think a lot of those elements are returning and it seems like there's always this like. I don't know, twenty to twenty-five year cycle. It's like a trip around the the musical sun, so to speak. Um, yeah. And it just kind of, you know, you pick up different ways, and it might present itself, you know, differently each time that it goes around. But uh-huh. you know, I think the pattern, the pattern, I think, is probably already there, right? So it's like right now, it feels like we're kind of getting back to a little bit more analog stuff and. Um you know, I'm sure you know that'll that'll redevelop again it's the same thing with like fashion, for example. I mean shit's always coming around and getting recycled and being reimagined and spinning off and everything like that. so I think for me too um it's kind of fun just being a passenger on this thing like uh thankfully, because of a lot of a lot of friends that I have like like you two um i have become much more open-minded in terms of art and music and and what I would consider to be things that I like. Um, so it's fun, just kind of like sitting there and be like, "What's going to be next?" and you know, see if I can open up my brain and and my senses to those new things or you know the 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 old things that are reimagined. So um, I don't really, I don't know, and I, and I don't know that I would really be all that concerned with you know. Hoping or wondering or, or or you know hoping that certain things would go in a certain direction. I think it's interesting just to see how people in different times and places and you know situations choose to create stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. I think uh, that the vocal side of music. I know I know there's a big like EDM and and like kind of like no uh, less vocals and we talk about where music started, how there was. A lot of just drums or just orchestra, just strings and obviously vocals. Then there's a full band and stuff. And I feel like people are uh, going away from the bands and doing a lot more. You can do so much by yourself. So I think it's going to continue going that direction. Where, And I, I do think that um, people are going to do not only just keep working and being unique with their voice, but how to, I guess, change their voice and how to do stuff and it, so it's gonna be very vocal driven for the next like twenty years at mm. least, mm. and uh, that could be like s- you and a guitar, you and something. But everybody's gonna be doing like a lot of solo projects, and probably in in a in a, a wide you know wide range of genres still. But it's gonna be a lot of like projects where somebody you know took the time to unlock something in their vocal ability or how to kind of change it or how to fit it into some stuff. So I think I'm going to, I think I would, I would say that um, that's kind of what I'm naturally feeling like. I feel like there's a lot more singer songwriters that are doing well for good reason. I mean, they're really, they're really solid and people are like clinging to that type of music right now. And, you know, the EDM is maybe is, has run its course in the U S that is that kind of boomed like 10 years ago or, yeah, the the dubstep and all the chill steps and all that so the electronic stuff maybe maybe phasing out a little bit you know I feel like the bands and the you know guitar solos and all that stuff phasing out a little bit so yeah more
1: singing I'm just waiting until we all get back into our Gregorian chant era that's kind that's that's coming back around need more Halo soundtracks dude Gregorian chant yeah it's kind of awesome
0: yeah I agree I agree E because what has what started, I think, through the EDM thing, where that, I think you're right, like it was a little bit more popular seven, five years ago, sort of thing. Um, but what did, what has, I think, stuck through that is um, people manipulating the voice with, uh, with a computer and making it an instrument, turning it into a synthesizer, sort of thing. Like, you use it, you know, starting with a, a bass sound of a voice. And then turning it into something electronic, kind of sounding. Yeah. Um, that is stuck through kind of the less, you know, the the um, EDM and EDM pop sort of being becoming a little bit less popular. Uh, so I think something with that is going to continue, like you said, for the next foreseeable yeah. future. Yeah.
1: We'll what see if we're here. right. We will see. Maybe we'll, we'll still, still be doing the podcast.
0: We'll still be here talking shit, I guess. So,
1: yeah. <laughs> episode six hundred and ninety one of the Grunge Bible Podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah. Here's a simple simpler follow up. What type of if you you know in Drew you do create some music, what type of music are you aiming to create right now? I've been playing a lot of drums in this past two weeks. And of course, like I'm I'm getting nostalgic. I'm playing songs like I just played. I was playing holding On To you and car radio by 21 pilots. And I was having yes. so much fun. And I was like, God, I wish I was back. Like, I wish I could play this with the band. I was playing some other songs, playing some front bottoms. And I was like, dude, I just want to play this with people that are going to like want that want to play this again. So I don't know how creative I would be if that sounds, that sounds really bad, but I would be creative. But like, I feel like I would, I would still play all the old older, this stuff I like to play. I guess I have a very I have a very specific drum style that I think I like to be involved in. But you, yeah, but Drew, so like, yeah, if you're making music right now, what type of stuff are you trying to make? Are you trying to push the boundaries? You are you in in something specific?
0: Yeah, at the moment, um, I I'm kind of making. I mean, I enjoy making sort of the same stuff that I've made in the past. Where it's I still always start with the guitar. You know, it's just what me and e started with yeah um and then kind of build try to build around that like I I have a a specific guitar that I've always used for like songwriting and I just still always just like kind of default to that to find a groove and then come up with a melody um and then I've been I've ever since kind of getting into uh like Skrillex and Diplo and people like that um I've always tried to make whatever melody thing I have, the bass is a voice. So it's somebody singing or talking, or whether it's myself or a sample or whatever. Um, I try to use as much organic stuff as possible because it just sounds right. so much better, you know? And like, uh, yeah. you know, try to play a real bass. Um, and then Tim, Tim Sonnefeld, who we've had on, um, he. Taught me how to program drums in such a like dope way, like, because he, you know, he he learned from really good guys and he started out when, you know, kind of really before, um, like Ableton or any Pro Tools or anything like that. And he, like, was doing all like the old school shit. And like, there's just like very, like, uh, interesting ways that you can make like program drums sound very human. And, uh, Mm -hmm. that's what I try to do, just emulate him. He's, way better and way more we gotta
1: amazing,
0: get, him back, gotta gotta get t- him back on dude. gotta get him back
1: on gotta get him back that was a really fun that was a really fun town hall yeah town town hall, hall. <sighs> people forget yeah i never will though
2: that's good yeah that makes sense i mean i always like what do you come up with and you know our our intro. If you're out there and you know if you listen to the intro, that was made by Drew McFadden. and he's made yeah. uh, all of our. I think intros. We've used at least three three different ones that I can think
1: of, or is it four? Definitely three. I think it three actually, Drew. Yeah, the original, three, technically the special episode. edition episode 69 intro. There you go. 69, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will never yeah. forget about that one. That was a good yeah. episode.
0: And this one, and then uh, I've been working on another one for a little bit. Yeah, I still yeah. have to. Um, address that one but yeah it's under construction
2: heard that before (laughs) just kidding well thank you for interviewing us Drew that was always a pleasure yeah it always Um, is if you're still listening thank you so much for being a trooper uh, pushing through that means you probably listened to well hopefully you've listened to a bunch of episodes before this if you haven't you got some homework to do there's plenty of good episodes maybe start with episode 69 maybe Maybe. start with episode 1 yeah maybe start with episode 99 I don't know yeah but um to close out the show we are going to quick mention this day in music Need and to. when we were doing some uh little research chris and i and for some reason there was so much Beatles stuff that happened on october 9th throughout the years and quite frankly um we're not going to talk about all the, the beatles <laughs> like I, that we did not
1: start the grunge bible <laughs> podcast to
2: talk yeah. about
0: the
1: beatles and if you follow closely who
2: to are the, the
0: page yeah. Yeah, who the exactly if you, if you follow
2: closely to the page over the years there's been a lot of memes or there's at least we've wanted to post the, a lot of <laughs> memes but there's been memes and stuff that that slander the beatles and yeah. it's it's such a fun conversation to get in when some men people don't understand why we slander them um, but anyway, it's not something so that we need to explain you know it just yeah is. so john lennon was born on october 9th in 1940 and uh holy moly. <laughs> it's funny, and then like in nineteen seventy five it's like John Lennon celebrates his thirty-fifth birthday. <laughs> like, no shit. He gets say <laughs> it every year. Um, so so a few birthdays we're gonna go through, and that's just where we're gonna leave it. Um yeah, John Lennon, nineteen forty. 1940. Nineteen forty four we have John and Twistle in the the, the 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 legend of the Who. And uh I know Chris loves some
1: Who. I can I get down big, with some Who, dude. Dabo yeah. O'Reilly will always hit. <laughs> It always hits, man. <laughs> I th- teenage I think, Wasteland. I think I'm really gonna expose myself. I'm pretty sure it's it's Entwistle who does the um the bridge, like the don't cry, don't raise your eyes. It's the only teen I'm pretty sure that's John.
3: Uh blocked in. No, Final maybe it's answer. not.
1: No, never mind. It's not. I think that's Pete. My bad. <laughs> I'm gonna shut the fuck up now. <laughs> Next
2: birthday. <laughs> Next birthday. In nineteen forty eight jackson brown was born jackson brown Big doctor my eyes man dude jackson brown is has no business being as good as he is we no, know that d- Chris. dude.
1: 16 years old he writes don't confront me with my failures <laughs> i have not forgotten them 16 years old dude i At haven't 16, heard that i was i don't even know what i was doing
2: i haven't heard such lore since uh you know silver they were really young when they came they were young did you know album. they were only 13 yeah so Jackson Brown, though we almost saw him, but the tickets were just
1: crazy. Yeah, expensive. Red Rocks back uh, about a year ago. <clears throat> Instead, Chris, if, you, to the front if
2: you could go back, would you have spent the money? Like now that we no, now that we're going to the front
1: bottoms, not nah, that was my because first front it, bottom I guess time. it was the same night, wasn't it? It was the same night. Yeah, the front bottoms were in Boulder, and then the um, Jackson was at Red Rocks. Dang, we'll get to Red Rocks. I want we'll to get, see Jackson Brown though. <laughs> well, we'll get to Jackson Brown, too. And then in
2: 1969, P.J. Harvey uh, was born, and uh,
1: that rounds up the birthdays. Yeah, well, there's one more, actually. Uh, oh, really? In, in 1975, on October 9th, Sean Lennon, child <laughs> of John Lennon, was born. So he was born on his father's birthday. Uh, no. So yeah. <laughs> he, he was born on his dad's birthday. No. Yep. John
2: John did that on purpose. Let me see the (laughs) birth certificate.
0: Yeah. Let me see the BC. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's crazy.
2: All the days to pick the same one.
1: Yeah, man. It's kind of wild. Also, we would be remiss if we did not mention uh, on October 8th, so one day after the show comes out on October 8th, 1991, Soundgarden's Bad Motor Finger was released. uh, Probably my favorite sound garden, uh, album, although down on the upside has been skyrocketing up the charts lately, but, yep. uh, big October 8th guys around here for Ebs and flows. Ebs so and it flows. always ebbs and flows. Yeah. So that is this day in music history. So, mm-hmm. uh, now that we've disseminated with that segment, um, I believe the three of us have, uh, uh, one more, one more thing that we need to get done before we close it out with a, uh, uh a special song here, but, uh, it's time for some songs of the week.
0: Real quick, can I can I put the brakes on for a second? Yes, please do, Drew. Okay, do you guys remember when CDs were a thing? Yes, you do. Of course. Do you remember? Do you remember like uh, when they would come out? Wouldn't they always come out on a Tuesday? Would they? They would always come out on a Tuesday. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I
1: th- I thought that was like the grand reveal. Drew was gonna blow our no, minds with uh, with some I we're gonna to have to why. look. We're gonna have to look into this.
0: I want the listeners, if they can too, to enlighten yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, we could, cro- we could
1: crowdsource this.
0: Throw a comment. Uh, was it always like that? Did it, when did it start? Why? Right. Yeah.
1: What's going on with this?
0: But it was always Tuesday. I wonder if it was like and movies not with Thursday. Me. Movies well, Thursday. Friday, but they always came out Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. That's how. That's how albums are now all the time. Yeah. I don't know. Not the Grunge Bible podcast, though. No, we did that for a little bit. It we wasn't did that, for that. I didn't like that. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like Mondays. Podcasts are different. Yeah. We're equipping the people with what they need to face the flood.
0: That was the only insert. Yeah, if anybody has any insight into uh, that why, uh, where Tuesday came from, yeah, I'd some, love some, to know. Somebody
1: got to let us know. Cool songs of the week. All right, songs of the week. Uh, I'm gonna get it started here. If uh, if I have the floor to do so, uh, I'll take I, I'll take cleanup. I got a, I got an awesome transition. Nice man. So my song of the week uh, is not the song of the week that I have. Uh, written here. on my a trusty notepad, uh, but I made a, a audible at the line of scrimmage based off of one of the uh, questions that we had earlier. So my song of the week is going to be <laughs> from Christopher Lennertz. It is going to be dogs of war main title, which was the theme song to medal of honor, European assault. Wow. Um, it is in fact on Spotify. Um, so it can in fact be listed on the grunge bible songs of the week playlist so i'm locking it in dogs of war Dogs of War main title i just texted it to you guys so you can have it and you can bask in the full glory of uh of christopher leonard's
2: christopher leonard's yeah
1: so that's that's what we're gonna do here um i was originally going to pick a uh, song from uh one of dan campbell's side projects he's the lead singer of the wonder years but that can wait until next week because uh we're getting into the leonard's zone today that's my yeah, that's song awesome. of the week yeah what about you fellas
0: that's true awesome. i think yeah. you're up
1: next and then you think yeah yeah, yeah
0: yeah my song of the week is i've been crushing this song back to back uh fleetwood mac rumors hmm. never going back again yes absolutely dude oh my god it's perfect it's so incredible i've been watching live videos um you know, on on YouTube, um, especially if you catch the old ones, his voice, dude, like live, like it's e- it's even better live than it is on the record. Yeah, because he like you know kind of grinds it up a little bit. It's so good, and the guitar is so impossible. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I know, up and up and down the
1: fretboard, crazy, up and down the neck. It's,
0: it's the 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 fingering. Um, you, have, you know the, you have to the finger style thing that you have to do it's yeah. just so complicated and then to think that he's doing that while he's singing too i know and it's like not like fascinated not, by that yeah it's not an easy easy cadence or, mm-hmm. or timing necessarily A lot of tasty licks in
1: that guitar part too like it's and it's so smooth it's, too it's it's the tastiest
0: yeah, yeah. it's that's, ridiculous. That's
1: the whole meal it's not even just the appetizer it's all <laughs> yeah. all five it's a, courses
0: it's a damn happy meal yeah You're It's damn uh, right. it's incredible with the toy so that, yeah, 100% <laughs> uh, so that's my song of the week never going back again uh, Fleetwood Mac totally
2: that's awesome um, so for my song of the week and I wanted to bring it up earlier but I figured it would be really good it also is going to be a good segment so it's actually another composer and Drew do yes. you know who Raman Jawadi is yes the Persian uh, composer that did the scores for Game of Thrones and Westworld, to name a few, and then as well as yeah. you know Pacific Rim, uh, Iron Man, and a few others. And um, in Westworld, they he they have this incredible version of heart-shaped Box. It's a cover. It's a piano. It's all all piano, and it's like obviously the credits are rolling, and it's beautiful graphics, and it's just this incredible version of heart-shaped box, just solo piano. And, and maybe there's a little bit of, um, uh, the orchestra comes in and, um, it just is so phenomenal. And like, um, that song, you know, done correctly in the right, you know, right renditions can be, it's just such a beautiful, it, it just works so well. And, um, that's some of the, the places that I think that cover songs, like covers and whatnot do the best. It's like over a uh, movie, uh, score and, TV you know, show,
0: credits.
2: whatever the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's a phenomenal, phenomenal composer. He may be, he may, he's up there.
0: He's incredible. Dude, there's a really cool YouTube video. I don't know if it was Fender or Guitar Center that did the video, but it was leading up to the Game of Thrones a finale. And it's him playing guitar. The Game of Thrones, you know, you know, the theme song with like a oh, bunch yeah. of other legendary guitar players. I think and that's they cool. All, yeah. And they all that's have like really kind of cool. start playing it and then they all start soloing. Really cool. Definitely check it out. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Yeah. I yeah. Like he's that. awesome, dude. I think mm-hmm. he did like House he did House of the Dragon too, right? The new mm-hmm. Game of Thrones one? Yeah.
1: I like that. So we've got three great songs of the week. We've got episode two of the Drew McFadden show in the book. We've got episode 133 of the Grunge Bible podcast in the book. Um, gents, thank you so much uh, for for getting together here to do this. Uh, to everyone listening, I hope uh, you enjoyed the last episode little bit of your time and thank you for sharing it with us. Uh, and as we did last week, we are going to leave you once again, uh, with the newest song from Cassius Clayton brought to you by pure soul presents, uh, to commemorate the 30th anniversary of in utero. Uh, we present you Cassius Clayton's cover of heart shaped box, uh, came out last week on October the 3rd. Um, so I hope, uh, you've been checking it out, but this is another great point to, uh, you know, a great point to stop and take a listen. Once again, uh, a lot of really creative sounds uh, coming on this soul cover of a obviously uh, very notable and famous and timeless Nirvana song. So uh, that's where we're going to leave it once again this week. Uh, So we will catch you all next week for episode 134. So Ethan and Drew, thank you once again. And uh, let's just play it out now.
3: your heart shaped box, uh, girl, for weeks. I've been drawn into your magnet trans. I wish I could eat your cancer. With your priceless advice